Mesdames et Messieurs, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles Daniel MacDonald on World Radio Paris and Monaco. Brought to you in association with Force Magazine. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is a primetime fashion show for World Radio France brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Daniel MacDonald and I'll be hosting the show exclusively for the WRP Network. Coming up in today's show, I'm going to be investigating the highlights from the most recent Paris Couture Week for Autumn-Winter 22-23 collections. With Leandro Cano, the Fall-Winter 22 collection invited us to the Dance of the Excluded, where masks stay at home and the dress code is exempt from armour and frills. Here we come to dance open-hearted with our lights and our shadows, our absolute and purest eye for which we have been rejected and excluded, but for which we come to celebrate and dance until the sun rises. On July, the Andalusian designer Leandro Cano presented his next artistic collection, Cano, the Dance of the Excluded, within the Haute Couture Week in Paris. And as usual, the designer created an artistic collection and a ready-to-wear collection, which he already presented in April. In Hispania, the land of the rabbits, Cano transported us and invented a space and time that had its roots within the Middle Ages of southern Spain. And as such, he developed a collection with castles and borders being the common thread. But this was nothing more than a metaphor for the convulsive and agitated themes in which we live. This was an analysis of a current society, sometimes advanced and many others with a mental older than the Middle Ages. With Cano, the dance of the excluded, the designer from Jaén, delved deeper, making a more introspective journey into a fictional medieval society in which those who did not belong to normality were brutally excluded. This leads into a creation of 10 models plus one look per year, and that includes the 11 archetypes, each having different personalities which were created through his designs. These creations represented different characters and different techniques, with all of them being the designer's personal journey. Cano presented his most personal and artistic collection through the symbolic language of these garments, in the collection, you could see an interpretation of the most iconic pieces of his 10 years in fashion. The most prominent materials in the collection were cotton twill, quilted fabrics, jacquards woven with garment prints, fabrics made on handlooms and leather-based suits. Red, blue and gold were the predominant colours in the collection. As for the artisanal techniques that have been used, gold embroidery on gold in a will stand out, an elaboration of fabric made on handlooms with Spanish merino sheep wool. There was also crochet with mohair, work with embossed leather and hand-painted garments. Juana Martin presented Andalusia in her first fashion show at Haute Couture in Paris. The Cordova designer made her debut in the official calendar of the Paris Haute Couture Week with a collection inspired on her land and in her culture Andalusia, a proposed faithful to her flamenco and avant-garde style. Martin made history in Spanish fashion 
as the designer was participating in the Paris Haute Couture calendar with her first fashion show as a member of the Fédération Française de la Haute Couture et de la Mode. Andalusia is a tribute to the land and its culture, with the aim of bringing the essence of Andalusia to Paris. The designer has once again invited her friend and well-known actress Rosie de Palma and the artists Israel Fernandez and Diego del Moral to musicise the fashion show. Fernandez has been described by the press as the most important singer of his generation and Del Morao has accompanied great figures of Cante throughout his career on the guitar. Both have been nominated for a Grammy Award in 2022 in the category of the Best Flamenco Album for the latest work entitled Amor. The collection with the black and white is the designer's sign and predominates along with orange brushstrokes, mainly made of wool, silk, organza and tulle, including different artisan elaborations and applications of embroidery, rhinestones and crystals. Crinolines provide the garments with volume, a mirror of Juana's unmistakable hallmarks. Andalusia is a way of claiming my culture and my way of seeing fashion. It's a cultural new, cosmopolitan and urban, and it's different from everything that is established, she said in the press interview. We will be able to see accessories made exclusively for the collection, such as Maison Fergier Shoes, the designer Marie Weber, and Vivas Carrion headdresses, with a very charismatic lattice which was inspired by the traditional Andalusian balconies. The designer Marie Weber imagined a dance between Maison Felger and Juan Martin, between a classic shoe and a haute couture piece. Each shoe has been developed as a duo, a unique piece combining embroidery, engravings and ornaments to create an evident line with the poetic work of Juana Martin. The Mule Maison Felger combines contrasted structured and organic lines, reflecting a daring woman with new desires, new rules, who isn't scared to reinvent her beloved traditions. She finds her inspiration in the men's wardrobe and changes codes in an assumed and twisted way. Maison Felger Mule is the story of a journey between Brittany and Andalusia and its exceptional know-hows. In addition, the Plata Pura artisan jewellery shows exclusive designs made under the historical knowledge of Cordovan crafts. A fusion of artists that continue to work with the good knowledge of trade and tradition and with a contemporary and vanguardist point of view. Juana Marin reaffirms herself as one of the most important names in Spanish fashion on the international scene, with this fashion show sponsored by the tourism department of the Junta de Andalucía, Marque de Cáceres, and co-financed by the European Union. Nature is a source of inspiration, an endless field for learning and a place where one's body, mind and feelings come to harmony. This is what inspired Yulia Yanina to create her Yanina Couture Fall Winter 22-23 collection. This season, Yanina Couture, once again, turns to their K-theme, 
the healing energy of Mother Nature, its beauty and its harmony. The collection features an overwhelming kaleidoscope of beautifully shaped floral elements, such as flower, petals and leaves. These elements play in the air like a transparent voile and glitter with thousands of sequins to showcase the uniquely intricate handwork by the Yanina in-house embroiders. Inspirations also come from a character, Audrey Hepburn, who is innocent, disarmingly delicate beauty calls to care and protection. Like nature, beauty of this kind needs no explanation, but fills the world with grace and gentleness, leading the way to sunlight and peace. An absolute icon of her time, Audrey Hepburn keeps inspiring millions of women every day to find beauty and femininity. This is what makes her an ideal Yanina character, as the house carries classic beauty throughout its 30-year history, telling the story with impeccable silhouettes and immutable haute couture traditions. The designer's vision of what that character comes true with every look within the collection, showing a young and modern woman of a nature that is strong and deep, crystal clear, while bold and free-spirited to live her life through all the challenges that one meets nowadays. The collection is created with Yanina's signature fabrics, like crepes that are incredibly flexible and shapeable, silk and velvet, charming chiffon, duchesse and organza, and of course the famous Italian wools. There is also a natural weather which gives a bolder touch and a feeling of protection to these delicate looks. Yet, adding to the overall feminine spirit of the collection, that's indeed a perfect illustration to the Yanina brand DNA. Another part of this DNA is the fascinating hand embroidery, which makes each piece of the couture collection unique. Every season, new magical fairy tales are told by beautiful beads, sequins and threads. The colour palette of the collection is based on Yanina's signature black that lets pink, red and sunny yellow shine through. The impeccable black is both about the elegance of Yanina couture and the anxiety that came to rule the world today. Yet, like the flowers waking up in the morning, sun, pink and red splashes arise. A sunrise that brings hope, followed by a bright yellow, the symbol of the day that is filled with energy and light, with the joy of life. A day that always follows any darkest night, and an energy that fills the new collection and that the designer shares with all of her people. Air is a new progression in the firm's street couture approach, where lines continue to modify their formal axis to offer a message of freshness and a street full of functionality, colour and sophistication. On this occasion, Oteza reflects on air as a true vector and form creator in an exercise of constant balance, rhythm and progression. The movement is the voice of form, the word of couture and the truth of creation. Oteza is also nourished by the great genius Raoul Duffy and is rubbed off in his colourful joie de vivre, the land of seascapes of the Midi-Mediterranean, or by the strength and lightness of his line, marked by the subtle characterisation of the form. Splashed in the five pieces, affirming that Oteza is in the past and the future with a contemporary vision. There are no time limits, and the lines mark the sartorial gravity and joy of the drive of modernity. This season, pure lines and unstructured shapes with larger volumes, as well as pieces encompassed in a more urban atmosphere, will gain force, 
traced by agile and versatile rhythm. Side slits and raised collars, sets of long volumes in trench coats and pants, pleated Bermuda shorts, polo shirts and sneakers, as well as t-shirts and sweatshirts with great expression, all thanks to their piping detail. This is a compound of the main collection and is gifted with refined lines. Orteza is a Spanish menswear firm which was founded in 2012 by Paul Garcia de Orteza and Catarina Pañeda. The designer duo vindicates traditional tailoring from their workshop in Madrid, becoming one of the greatest defenders and exponents of contemporary custom-made and luxury preta-couture. The house marks a new time for the Spanish cloth, being pioneer in the recovery of the Spanish merino wool. This is a global project with the highest forms of environmental science governments and was initiated 10 years ago in closing from the animal development to its entire local community. This participates in the fundamental axis of the rural and industrial development of fashion in Spain. This year, the firm has received the Madrid Capital Fashion Award, granted by Madrid City Council, an important recognition that is added to the 2018 National Fashion Award. Furthermore, also this year, Oteza has received the Protagonist of the Year by prestigious Media Mode ES. On the other hand, it has also received recognitions from the 2018 Best Male Collection Award from T Magazine, as well as being finalists in Vogue's Who's On Next 2018-19 and the Ambassador of Madrid Capital of Fashion winner in 2020. Living in a moment, Maria Grazia Churi said she did not like, the creative director used her Dear Haute Couture show as an act of coming together. The new collaboration with the Ukrainian artist Olesia Trofimenko and a tree of life motif were at the heart of her new collection. Backstage before her Haute Couture show, Maria Grazia Churi was wearing the slogan T-shirt she designed for her first collection, for Christian Dior Ready to Wear, back in 2016. We should all be feminists. And it wasn't part of her new collection, but six years after the designer initially set the tone for a conscious new Dior, she said it was time to reiterate her purpose. We are living in a moment I don't like. I am worried it's only going to get worse. This is the reality. She said, referring to the new anti-abortion laws in America. In Rome, I've been seeing posters on the street I don't like. It's a flashback to the past. It's impacting the lives of all women who work here. I have this worry that something will happen and I won't be conscious of it happening, so I want to be fully aware. Awareness has been the foundation of Churi's residency at Dior, and when it comes to haute couture, a product made for the few and the privileged, she justifies its existence by using her platform to promote people and make messages that make a difference. This season, she gave her spotlight to the Ukrainian artist Olesia Trofimenko, whose embroidery-based work she had discovered on the Maxi Museum in Rome earlier in the year. 
Immediately, when I saw her work, I realised that her embroideries come from folk costume, Judy said. Tracing the brainwaves that piece together a collection founded in folk dress, folkloric motifs and the embroidery that has historically been used to illustrate them. Executed in collaboration with the Shanakaya School of Craft in India, a long-time collaborator of Churi. Her enormous tent, raised in the back garden of the Mosey Rodin and lined with myoflint long rows, Churi once again covered the walls of her show in fully embroidered tapestries, this time by Trofimenko. They heralded a collection centred around the Tree of Life motif favoured by the artist. She gave the reference of a tree of life, and this is a symbol I like a lot. It represents the circle of life. I think that's important at this moment in time because we constantly have to change the way we work and build bridges between different knowledges and savoir faire, said Churi, whose season had also included an encounter with Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, who has established a network of European artists and artisans to build a better tomorrow. Trophy Minko's Trees of Lives appeared in various painstaking embroideries throughout the collection, defined by meeting between folky patterns and the unmistakable silhouette of Dior. In her research, Churi looked at folk costumes from around the world and realised that the patterns used to signify a regional belonging often have a lot in common with borders and beliefs. Through the grammar of haute couture, she freely mixed her inspirations in the collection that felt like a wardrobe for global community. Applied to the barred jacket lines of Dior, her folkloric foundation inevitably fused proceedings of an earthy and rootsy spirit, which felt very organic. It was a kind of earth mother look, which linked to Churi's post-pandemic approach. Now, she said, it's a time for coming together and rebuilding a world we want to live in. She quotes the collection preview by reflecting upon the state of the world and the impact every disastrous event of our moment in time has had on the global community and companies like Dior. She talked about the terrifying lies of the pro-movement in Africa and the war in Ukraine and ongoing Covid limitations in China. There are people in my studio who haven't seen their family for three years, she said. And at Dior, she continues to use her platform to create consciousness, she said is vital in a reactionary time. As ever, her message was one of coming together. As the third biggest industry in the world, fashion has the power to make a difference and we need to figure out how. Like any girl's dream 10th birthday party, Pastel and silver balloons in the shape of unicorns, octopuses, flamingos and sharks. These were some of the features that lined the walls of Jean-Baptiste Abaye's show at Place Vendôme. Ten years of haute couture, he said, during a preview for a collection that marked his decimo as a couturier. Back then, everyone was saying haute couture was dying. The old maisons were closing down. Everyone said it was crazy to do a haute couture collection and now it's the hottest fashion week. By reflected. Referring to a wave in haute couture that has seen his own house with the likes of Maison Margiela, Valentino and Balenciaga breathe life into fashion's most fabled institution. With his quite like total dreams, Bai has spent the last 10 years confidently catapulting the classic form of haute couture into a digital age, where a new generation of clients are discovering his work online. 
his signature creations, bustling tool skirts, fairy tale trains and porcelain-like embroideries, have carried out a grammar at once timeless to the language of haute couture and totally unique to Bailly's brand of unapologetic beauty. I'm from Rome and my first love was Roberto Capucci, he said, referring to the Italian master of dimension. But I interpret these volumes with a real lightness, understanding what elusive new generations of clients from new cultures of wealth want from couture has indeed been his biggest strength. My woman is a double-faced coin, one side very poor. When I start to sketch the line of a silhouette on paper, the other side is the complete opposite, he said. My girl, she can be in New York one night and a Parisian garden the next. His anniversary collection encapsulated duality, and the first half was dedicated to the wall simple effect of stunning beauty. Light, almost puritanical silhouettes were garlanded with little bows and encrusted with candy-like embroideries and delicate plumes. Then things took a turn for the fantastical, with the larger-than-life cascading and effervescent tool creations making their way around the arena-like runway with a lightness that Valle mastered to complete perfection. The Decina was an important milestone for Valle, who turned his brand into a haute couture house when no one thought it was a good idea. I always did things when people said it wasn't the right moment, but that's the moment when there's a space for it. If I had something to say for a new generation, everyone said it was dead. I said, honey, there's a new generation of Bailly girls. I've been faithful to myself, and I don't like to look at others, only with a way of gaining knowledge. I went through moments when people liked it, didn't like it, criticised it, but you have to impose yourself. I'm not working for a house that is archives. I'm creating archives. I started from a sheet of paper with a sketch and built Jumbista Bali up. In a time where couture is a term used far too flippantly, Bai says it's important to stick to the traditions of the institution while pushing it forward. Everyone says couture, but this is haute couture, and that's the main difference. Right now, everyone wants to bask in the light of couture, but you can't call sparkling wine champagne. This is an art of rituals. The research, the craftsmanship, the experimental process. Dreams come true. These women are in the world to collect haute couture like the collect art. In inventing a haute couture expression that's completely characteristic to his own house, Bailly said he's nailed a desire for beauty that transcends cultures. They love it in China, in Italy and in South America. I think beauty is a good vaccine right now. For Valentino's Autumn Winter 22 Haute Couture show, creative director Pier Paolo Piccioli returned to Rome, where Valentino Garavani founded the storied Mason back in 1959. This is very personal, he said. The last time Valentino did a show on the Spanish steps, it was back in the 1990s. 
otherworldly bodies descending from the Spanish steps in the golden evening sun, the romantic voice of Labyrinth echoing from beneath La Trienta de Monti. Cleopatra's entry into Rome had nothing on Valentino's haute couture spectacular in Piazza de Spagna. I start from the finale always, Piccioli said during a preview in his Paris days before the show. What I have in mind is these liquid, colourful drops coming down from the steps, in volumes light and in movement. He titled his show, The Beginning, A Return to the City Where Valentino Garavani Founded His Maison, a place that has moved on with the winds of change since the dawns of time. Like Piccioli's Valentino, Rome's codes may remain the same, but its values are eternal in evolution. That was the sentiment behind the show, he envisioned as a conversation with Valentino, across a past, a present and a future. Piccioli had been dreaming of doing a show on the 18th century steps. It's very personal and the last time Valentino did a show on these steps was in the 90s. It was a very different moment in fashion. It was about lifestyle and the perfection of beauty, the glamour and of course the supermodels. I wanted to get the spirit of Valentino, the joie de vivre, because I think it's the only way of making beauty resilient to time. On the other hand, there's a picture I want to deliver, which is different from what it was 45 years ago. It's the picture of the time we live in. The Spanish steps are the same, the atelier is the same, and in the end, closer close. I like to keep the rituals of haute couture, but the real difference is in the casting, in the humans. You can tell stories and witness a different movement in this world. I want to empower them and I want to give them a voice and an opportunity to tell their own stories. Piccioli's approach to the show manifested in a collection that didn't just poeticise the decades-long legacy of Valentino, but his own contributions to the house. Rather than pursuing newness, he reflected on what Valentino stands for after 14 years under his own artistic directorship and 23 years as an employee. Unless you'd spent those years under a rock, you'd immediately recognise the resplendent volumes of his dresses, suits and coats, the hypnotising hues of his gem colours and the drama of his plumed headpieces bouncing like jellyfish in the stream of the Roman breeze. I wanted to do a reflection about how much of myself is in Valentino and how much of Valentino is in my identity, he said. It's everything I've already done, but in a different place and a different time when fashion with its giant platform has the power to impact a global audience with the progressive values at the heart of the industry. Piccioli's era at Valentino has followed a time of political divide when the progressive values he fights for the diversity, inclusivity and self-expression represented in his castings are contrasted by a rise of reactionary ideas that have become terrifyingly evident with the recent American Supreme Court rulings. In that sense, moments like the Spanish Step show, these grand gestures of beauty are a kind of activism on his part. It may be wrapped in majestically covered taffeta, three-dimensional geometric plumage, painstakingly made to evoke Roman mosaics or Roman handmade sequin suits. But at the core, haute couture is a dream that cuts deeper than mind-blowing craftsmanship. It's a Trojan horse for the mind, and as Ablo used to say, which drives important values into the minds of its spectators through mesmerising displays of beauty. 
With the likes of Naomi Campbell, Kate Hudson, Ashley Park and Anne Hathaway on the front row, couture clients were eyeing up the newest investment as the work slowly motioned down the Spanish steps. The show was a testament to the global impact of the new age of haute couture that has spearheaded the industry in several years. But illustrated by the people who joined them, Valentino's co-founder Giancarlo Giametti, Piccioli's family and their dog Miranda, its success achieved through a grounded approach to the industry, to the mainstream fame he has gained, and everything that comes with it. At the heart of Piccioli's progression-driven age of Valentino is a realm of realness, friendliness, and an ease that will remain his greatest asset. I think it's very important that Virginie feels totally free to go wherever she needs to. President of fashion, Bruno Plavrovsky, said this season the collaborative spirit is still very much in the air, all too apparent for Chanel's collaborative haute couture autumn-winter 22 show. Remember how Caroline Kashiraji drove a horse through last season's Chanel haute couture set? Well, this time she didn't, but Virginie Villar picked up where she left off. She relocated her show to an equestrian centre in the Bois de Boulogne, where artist Javier Belhen, who also designed last season's set, created a labyrinth forest punctuated with geometric sculptures, as the show notes stated. The installation echoed the spinning wheels, tubes and giant structures of the January show, which brought a spirit of continuity to Chanel, a house known for its seasonal themes and changes. This set the tone for a timeless approach reflected in a collection founded in a contemporary and essentialist take on the Chanel codes. It's up to Virginie Pavlovsky, the fashion president Chanel said after the show. She's in this mind of having more than one show in collaboration with Javier, etc. So there's a kind of continuation. He was referring to the creative collaborators VR called on for her last haute couture show, who came back to work on this one as well. Vaihan, the equestrian Charlotte Kashiraji and the musician Sebastian Telly. This time the gang was joined by model Vivian Rohner as well as Pharrell Williams who opened the show playing drums in a video that segued into a terrific Michelle Gobert curated soundtrack featuring the British collective Salute. Via said she'd imagined the collection in the image of Coco Chanel's 30s lines, fitted to the body even though they have strong shoulders here and pleated dresses like the wedding dress for instance. And lace also, in late, reworked, not embroidered, but repainted. The ideas manifested in more contemporary ways, in a trouser and skirt suits that very slightly oversized, casualised and had a sensibility about them. A series of long, lean black outfits imbued a sense of formality with ease. I also like to take the graphic approach with a natural look, the clothes remain light, feminine, but they're designed to be worn. I can't see myself doing it any other way, she added. When asked if Fiat's ongoing collaboration with her French could lead to product collaborations, the way so many other brands do them, Pavlovsk said no. We don't need that. Our product is about Virginie's universe, and she's very strong. This is where we feel comfortable. For me, it's about nourishing the capability of Chanel to include all these different artists, it's not something new. Madame Chanel did it, Carol did it, and Virginie is able to continue a new kind of collaboration. 
At the end of the day, these collaborations, which are not about the product, are enforcing the image of the brand. It's a signature. I think we do it very well, and it's important that Virginie feels totally free to go wherever she has to at Chanel. Last week, Pavlovsky added another presidential title to his credentials, President of the Fédération de la Haute Couture et de la Mode, the French Fashion Council. I think the job the Fédération is doing is already quite strong, and I hope we will be able to continue in the same direction. We have many things to do, he said of his immediate plans, noting he was already on the committee. I think we have some important topics, sustainability, the evolution of the regulation, and we need to be a part of this new evolution. Paris, new designers, young designers are of course on top of the list. And with the Olympics in 2024, it will be quite challenging for us. So we need to find solutions now. The message is one of joy and pleasure, frivolity even. Giorgio Armani said of his autumn winter 22 Armani Privé show. The coach was inspired by the glittering 20s, with sparkles, tassels and layered ruffles taking the centre stage. Sparkle was his season assignment at Armani Privé and Giorgio Armani understood it well. The message is one of joy and pleasure, frivolity even. It's a collection that's been inspired by a specific moment. The 1920s where everything was sparkling, beautiful and light. These are the feelings that we need in this moment, because fashion can also make us dream and escape to a better place, he explained. This was after an intimate show held at the Salle Payel, which had been entirely armanified with his signature cushioned beige seats and little lamps that illuminated a collection of long lean lines. These were encrusted with different takes on sparkle from intricate beading and sequence to glistening fabrications. Tamara de Lepiavic, who called Armani a strong-willed, rebellious, independent woman who was much ahead of her time, played muse to his 1920s reference, her influence on the collection as well as the decade in which she worked. This was felt in the spirit of the long-lined jackets and slouchy trousers, that maintained a constant balance between the rigorous and the graceful. Founded in Armani's pragmatic approach to haute couture. I think what I do with my ready-to-wear collection is always real, but my haute couture I like to experiment with and add a dash of magic. And this balance between reality and magic perfectly reflects my state of moment, he said. The 1920s continue on the minds of designers who are detecting parallels between now and the interwar period 100 years ago. For Armani, the reference was of optimism rather than doom, a willingness to uplift times of trouble through the beauty of haute couture. I think that haute couture needs to be special for all the rest that is ready to wear. So my effort is to always offer something for my clients and for my public, including the press. Something that is unexpected, but at the same time essentially Armani, never forgetting the need to create something that is actually wearable. 
I believe this collaboration something offers to be sparkling and petulant, he said, referring to his glistening and light-reflecting surface decorations. In a time when new names on the Haute Couture schedule are applying the age-old institution, all its expert crafts to ideas are founded in sportswear and workwear. Armani is homing on the formality that has traditionally been tried to the most privileged corner of fashion. There are lots of ideas coming into couture at the moment, however I feel what is lacking sometimes is a very simple idea, and that's to make beautiful clothes that are actually meant to be worn by the clients. For me, this is mandatory, he said. His privy collection ticked a box in more ways than one, offering a complete wardrobe of evening wear that can never be too casual nor too extreme. In the red carpet department, especially, this is what makes Armani an eternal go-to designer, and when a series of light blue ankle-length bustier dresses came out, one draped with a skirt that sat around its waist like a cloud, you could see immediately why. Asked about the favourite parts of his collection, Armani highlighted the foamy dresses that mimicked the look of seawater. Our effort went into using embroidery that would reflect and refract the light in which ways are unpredictable and inspiring. In the days leading to the show, the designer, who turns 88 this month, personally fitted each of the 92 looks, including the showstopper, trousers worn with a sparkly top and embroidered waistcoat, all in bridal white which broke up the blue and pink palette of the collection and served as a cliffhanger for his next move. Olivier Rostand reimagined Jean-Paul Gaultier's legacy with a one-off haute couture collection that was full of iconic pop cultural references. A child of the late 80s and 90s, Rostand grew up watching Jean-Paul Gaultier on TV and on magazine covers, with the ever-present iconography of his corseted perfume bottles. He wrote a book in many chapters, and when you arrive here, you need to understand which chapters are closer to you. The Balmain designer said during a preview for the Haute Couture collection he created for Gautier, as part of the Couturier's seasonal collaboration structure, which was previously seen Sakai Chitose, Abe and Y Project's Gwen Martins reinterpret his clothes. It was a really difficult because for me he's a legend. He's someone who is ahead of his time. Rustan said, Today we talk about diversity and we talk about inclusivity. We talk about breaking boundaries. We talk about no gender. However, Jean-Paul was the very first to do this. Rustan embraced the task with the pop cultural panache that defines his own approach to fashion as a generational product of the way he paved by Gautier yesterday. He recreated Madonna's infamous topless Chai PG outfit from the 1992 Amphar Gala in a moulded weather manifestation with trompe-l'oeil jeans, interpreted the couturier's cage and corset structures in a Balmain-esque armour dress and reimagined the Breton top as dresses wrapped in stripy ribbons or made entirely in stripped feather degrade. A moulded weather pregnancy moment referenced that of Gautier, I obviously created the collection way before knowing what is going on with abortion in America, but I think it's important to talk about the women right now. There was also a heart-shaped quilted plissé gown tied together with the language of Jai PG and Rustan's interpretation of Balma. It's an open love letter to Jean-Paul, he said. When I was growing up, seeing my dad as a straight male with Le Mail in his hand 
a naked male body with a crop top, I was like, wow. Jean-Paul actually broke boundaries in pop culture that people didn't even understand. As a tribute to that perfume, what it meant to him as a child, he constructed it as a life-size glass corset with the help of craftsmen who are currently recreating the windows destroyed in the fire of Notre Dame. He turned the cylindrical metal case that traditionally holds the fragrance into a metal skirt and boots. The collection had been four months in the making. Jean-Paul didn't want to see anything. He wanted to see it on the day of the show, Rustan said, and judging by the look on his face, he loved every second. For all the fun and ingenious craftsmanship of his women's wear, it was men's opening looks that really demonstrated his talent for interpreting an archival reference through a contemporary lens. Inspired by Gautier's 94 collection, pan-Africal cultural references were fused with the grammar of the culture of house, as well as Rustan's own design language. That collection was inspired by ethnicities, diversity and inclusivity, and non-binary. For me, growing up half Ethiopian and half Somalian, Jean-Paul was someone who put a lot of inclusivity into fashion. We need to remind people that a lot of fights we're seeing today, he was there to fight them for us first. If Rustan had designed 60 outfits based on the same reference, you'd never get tired of looking at them. Being at Balma for 10 years, you have an incredible routine. You know your team so well, you can push a button and make something happen. Here, I discovered a new atelier with incredible hotels who were so supportive of me. Rustan said of his four months at JPGHQ. It took me out of the box I'm in, and this collection made me discover what my own DNA is. Without Banma, because it's Olivier Rustan for Jean-Paul Gaultier. And because I don't have my own brand, you know me only in Banma. However, this feels like what I want to say. It's better than going to the shrink. I'm less in my comfort zone. hope you can join me for the next Fashion Mode show where I'm going to be taking a look at the world of physical beauty. With more features and details to follow, you can catch up with all the fashion news on forcemagazine.com and at FORC Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also keep up to date with the latest shows directly from Mixcloud, Podbean and our official profiles on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and Deezer under Force magazine. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.